Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Vicarious Living, welcome back to the podcast. What an episode we have in store on tonight's pod. A very, very monumental episode. This is big time. OC Season 3, Episode 14 and 15 on tonight's pod. By the way, go to HBO Max if you want to follow along. All the OC episodes are on the HBO app. And tonight we will have Pat coming back on the pod. He's been getting a bunch of these OCs back under his belt. This guy loves podcasting. What can I say? Anyways, first and foremost, housekeeping, contact information, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and vicariouslivingpodcast on the Instagram. Go there for all of our swag situations and to just check in. Say hi, kids. Okay, now let's get to that explosive episode that we were talking about tonight. You'll know it once we get to it. Pat's going to call in right now, but we first set the stage with a little previously on the OC. Previously on the OC. Do you think that Marissa would mind if I invited Johnny? She seemed a little weird when she saw us together last night, but they're just friends, so why would it matter? I love Ryan. It doesn't mean that you don't like Johnny. I don't. Then you wouldn't mind that I just made out with him upstairs. We both have very complex lives, and maybe we should consider all of the implications before going further. Are we building a hospital? Is it too late for a new approach? Let's do it your way. You're trying to take care of me. The least I can do is take care of you. Caleb would have been proud. We got it. Sandy, that's wonderful. You did it your way. Yeah. Colin, I got one. An interview with the brown guy, Mrs. Rushfield, just told me and that you got one too. Please tell me it went okay. It went great. We totally bonded. Are you high? <laughs> This episode, I, I I held off from texting you, but it was explosive. There was explosion. Uh, a lot of action. A lot of action. And I was going to say, on this first one, episode 14, aptly titled The Cliffhanger, can we just not touch on anything in this episode besides Marissa, Ryan, Caitlin, Johnny drama? That. Let me consult my notes real quick. Before. Yeah, I can cut. I can cut. Everything. I can cut all the fat for sure off that episode. <laughs> it, it was. It's a lot of Seth is still smoking weed. Honestly, who cares? It's he's lying about stuff. We. I think we can talk about that on the next episode. This episode, there is. It's a. It's a Johnny going away party. If you know what I mean. Big time sent off. Let's just go to the first scene. First scene that I had in my notes were this uh, this clip right here of Johnny comes up on Marissa and Caitlin talking to each other because he's going to take <laughs> Caitlin surfing. Look, I know that you're mad about me and Johnny. I'm not mad. Do I look mad? Okay, we may not be BFFs, but you're my sister, and I can tell when you're mad. Caitlin, look in my eyes. I don't care about you and Johnny. You have a boyfriend. So Johnny Harper's fair game, right? I'm not talking about this. Can you honestly tell me? You have no feelings for him. 
That's what I thought. That silence, that pause that she had after her sister said, can you honestly tell me you have no feelings for him? Spoke volumes to this podcaster. That was all the processing. That's as fast as Marissa processes things. We've said it before. There's like smoke coming out of her ears during this. She's the wheels are turning. She's trying to uh, to sort through it all, and uh, yeah, it takes about seven seconds. <laughs> it takes yeah, about seven seconds for stuff to click in her brain. It's kind of like an old watch, you know, those old watches where you can see all the gears and stuff inside. Yeah, that's her it, head. So when you say speaks volumes, are you just saying that yeah, clearly she has thoughts? Or is it that she just hasn't given it any thought? I I kind of meant her silence was deafening. And by that, I mean, Ooh. it spoke volumes in terms of Johnny walked up at the exact moment that, by the way, if this ever happened to me in high school, it's a dream <laughs> scenario if it goes a certain way. But, she, but he walks up and this girl who he's clearly obsessed with is asked the question of, do you have feelings for him? And it's just crickets. And if that were me, I mean, I'm taking that as <laughs> game on. So that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, it speaks uh, volumes. I, I think mean, just she- well, John, I mean, Johnny would just put it in his bag of, uh, you know, at least two dozen signals that he's received. So that's just going right in the bag. There's a point in this episode where I'm going, I actually don't think I blame Johnny at all for falling in love. I, with I've, been, I've been mostly there for the whole Johnny stuff. But him, him walking up with that timing was very similar to like uh, scenarios I've been in with you before where Johnny is the waitress at Chili's and oh, yeah. me and you are Caitlin and Marissa. And it's mostly just you talking about how like if the waitress doesn't come soon, like with your fourth margarita, she, <laughs> she's oh, going to see it in her tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the other way where it's actually like a super positive thing. So if it's if in this analogy, it would be like <laughs> I've only, you and I have only been in this scenario in a super cringeworthy way. So, yeah, if if we were doing it the same way, it would be like we are, we're at Chili's and the waitress walks up and I'm she catches me telling you like, God damn, I'll tell you what, this waitress is not only the best waitress I ever had, but I'm giving her at least one hundred and fifty percent tip on this. Whoa. Hey, Whoa. oh, I didn't see that. Have you been there the whole time? It's crazy. Oh. Anyways, um, yeah, so they go surfing. Johnny takes <laughs> Caitlin surfing, which I have some thoughts on this. If you want to pause down, I don't know if you. Also yeah, let's thoughts. pause down because I do, too. So go ahead with with the surf thoughts. The whole conceit is Caitlin just wants to hang out with Johnny. So she knows he likes surfing. Hey, let's go surfing. About five minutes into surfing, Caitlin clearly super bored of the whole activity and just pretty much bails. <laughs> it's exactly honestly like if we hearken back to when we were watching Laguna Beach, Stephen trying to teach Kristen how to surf of like, <laughs> yeah, she, you, like you're teaching someone who just clearly they're not there to learn how to surf. No, they're there for the hang. They're there for the excuse to hang. Yeah. It's like the perfect let's hang out scenario. You have an interest like, oh, will you teach me how to do your interest? And then it's on. We're on a date. And then the funny thing about this one is it just gets completely blown up by her clearly not being into it. And you're trying to figure out what her deal is. She's just like, let's go watch a movie. And he's like, we're surfing. So it's like, she has has horrible game. Like, what's going on? Like, she can't even get Johnny on the line. And he's desperate. 
he's very desperate. He's very, very desperate. But what's been unclear to me is how big is the age gap in his mind? Because like, it almost feels like he's treating it as the two year age gap they have is like she's 13 and he's 18, you know, like it's almost like he's treating it like he's a senior in high school and she's actually like a seventh grader. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's that or if it's just that he, she's the little sister. Like he likes the older sister and like, this is just, it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. But my thoughts on the surfing thing, I, there's only two ways to surf and to learn how to surf in my head from what I've seen in movies and TV shows. One is you actually like pay an instructor. You have like a surf instructor who you you pay money to. They teach you how to stand up on a board in the water. The second and only other way that you can learn how to surf is from someone who is trying to hook up with you. (laughs) Like there's no other way. Like there's, there's no, I don't think like just, you would go out and teach your bro how to surf. Like, I don't think right. two there's bros some transaction involved, whether it's a financial transaction or an emotional love transaction. Yeah. So the only way that we could learn how to surf would be to pay an instructor because we're, you know, married now. And there's no way that like, we could just go find a girl who's trying to hook up with us. And then that's how we learn how to surf. And also no one ever just gets like a board and goes out in the waves and just gives it a shot. I feel like that's probably how it happens most of the time. Yeah, it's probably one of those things like uh, wakeboarding or water skiing where you just it's repetition and you just got to keep doing it and doing it. And once you like learn how to just get up, then it's kind of like riding a bike. But I, you know, I just kept thinking too. like anytime I think of like a surf instructor, I always think of Paul Rudd and forgetting Sarah Marshall clip. Let's see it pop up, pop it up. That's not it at all. Do less. Get down. Try less. Do it again. Hop up. Nope. Too slow. Do less. Hop up. You're doing too much. Do less. Pop down. Pop up now. Stop. Get down. Get down there. Remember, don't do anything. Nothing. Pop up. Well, you no, you got to do more than that because you're just laying. It looks like you're boogie boarding. Just do it. Feel it. Pop up. Yeah, that wasn't quite it, but we're going to figure it out out there. Let's go surfing. Come on. Everybody's learning how. Come on. The weather outside is weather. Pop up. Yeah, just pop up because that's what Johnny was saying. He was like, you just pop up. It's so simple. You fucking pop up. I don't know how else to describe it. (laughs) To tie it in, that's where we got do less from. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he did. Paul Rudd just keeps it. He's like, okay, pop up. Now, hmm. Do less. Okay, do, oh, yeah. do way less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, do less. <laughs> well, you're going to have to do a little more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, the the surfing thing, it's so clear. Caitlin's the horniest girl on the show. I've said it once <laughs> on this podcast. I've said it a million times. She's the horniest girl I think we've ever seen on the OC. Uh, Can't even make it through the first five minutes of the serving lesson. Yeah. She just wants Netflix and chill before that was even a thing. So the next stage with this foursome and that, you know, between Johnny, Marissa, Ryan, and Caitlin. Love is, square. Yeah. What do we want to call it for this episode? They refer to it as a love square in the show. 
Okay. This love square. The next stage of it is Ryan basically for the first time, like puts his foot down and him and Marissa go out to dinner and he's essentially like, you're, you're going to have to make a decision here. I'm not going to continue like in this purgatory, no man's land that you have me sitting in, you know, I'm with you and I'm into you and it's time for you to just make a decision like me or Johnny clip. I need to know how you feel about Johnny. So take it Caitlin paid you a visit. This isn't about Caitlin. We both knew this was an issue long before she showed up. I'm with you. That's not the whole story, is it? Maybe you just feel sorry for him, or maybe sometimes you didn't think you could talk to me, or I wasn't listening. Or maybe you're in love with him. Either way, you got to figure it out. Until then, I, I don't want to see you. Look, I know things have been confusing. I loved it because at the end, she like goes to argue with him and he just gets up and bounces. Yeah, I love it. I might have even done a fist pump there. But I mean, this moment was three episodes too late. Like he should have just done this months ago. Exactly. I Again, it's back to the whole like Ryan's trying not to put his foot down. He's trying to be like a new Atwood and stuff. And it's like, all right, Ryan, that's great. But like at the end of the day, dude, you can't get walked all over like a schoolboy bitch. Yeah, like 24/7. you don't have to fight anybody, Ryan. Just like bail. There yeah. is a good there's a good moment with Caitlin and Marissa where Caitlin's talking to her and clearly this whole time Caitlin has been like manipulative and doing all this weird needling stuff trying to like basically run the wedge on Ryan and Marissa and insert Johnny and then also get with John, just doing all this weird stuff she's being a sketchy yeah she's just yeah being obnoxious with the whole thing being a potster and then there's a scene where she turns it into like basically a teachable moment with Marissa on how Marissa needs to be more decisive in her life. Oh, I, just thought, yeah. I just thought that was a great way to frame things up for her. It just gives you a little glimpse into Caitlin's completely psychotic mind. Yeah. Let's play that clip. I had that later, but let's just play that now since you brought it up, you know, completely organically. Here's uh, her advice to her. Remember when we were little and daddy used to always take us to Baskin Robbins. You'd have to sample like every single flavor before you could decide on what you actually wanted. And then once you did, you realize that you didn't like it, so you cry. Dad have to take you back in to get another cone. Is this another story about how growing up it was always about me? No. It's about you not trusting your instincts. Maybe I'm not built that way. So? It's a skill. Learn it. Make a decision and stick with it. I actually thought that was really good advice. And I wrote down for the first time, I was like, whoa, Caitlin. Because <laughs> I actually really liked the advice of like, look, it's time to just like, sometimes you just got to make a decision and it sucks. But like this wishy-washy going back and forth, again, this purgatory, this no man's land, it is exhausting, this hamster wheel that we just keep going round and round in. Just pick a flavor Pick a Johnny flavor of ice cream or a Ryan flavor of ice cream. Lick it. Fuck it. Who cares? But just pick it and let's move the fuck on. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree with you more. Extremely solid advice, but I just loved how that she framed 
all of her behaviors up into, I'm just trying to do a good thing for my sister. Yeah. No, Caitlin's just as selfish as Marissa is. It's just, she had like, she did have some good advice there and it did actually, you know, benefit Marissa just like in life to get that Mm -hmm. advice. But I view it as she kind of backed her way into it. It's not like she's figured life out. Caitlin sucks still. No, this wasn't all part of the plan. She's just like, eh, is there any way to salvage this? Maybe, maybe uh, this is why I did it. I don't know. Yeah. I want to zag real quick. This is still keeping on Ryan, but like there's a scene that happens in this episode right around this point where Ryan is uh, like debriefing Seth about everything going on with Johnny and Marissa and all that. We're talking 6 a.m. morning debrief sesh that they have a lot in the kitchen. And Ryan's eating dry cereal. Of course. We've had an extensive breakdown on this podcast, season one of the OC, way back in 2018. We've we've touched on Ryan's dry cereal. But what I didn't realize until this very moment with the dry cereal was, in my head, I always thought it was dry cereal grabbed out of the box with the hand. Right. I think that's how sane people... If just you are snacking. Gonna... you're just grabbing a snack. Yeah. Now I like my cereal, like 99% of the rest of the population with a little milk, but Ryan, it, he goes dry. And, and if you go dry, I'm fine with it, but that's usually a hand directly into the box. Mm-hmm. Ryan in this episode pours dry cereal into a bowl, throws a spoon in there and then walks away like from 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 it all and takes the bowl with no milk over to the chair sits down and starts eating dry cereal out of the bowl with a spoon and at that point i realized that's a serial killer move yeah that that's tough honestly i don't know if i wasn't watching closely enough but i didn't pick up on that uh now that i know it i don't i'm not gonna be able to sleep comfortably tonight can you imagine Eating dry cereal with a spoon out of a bowl with no milk in it? For one bite, maybe. What, why wouldn't you just go back to using your Do hands? You know, like, it would be the weirdest experience. Like, Think of this like, just tact- tactilely. How the dry spoon would feel against the bottom, your bottom lip sliding in dry cereal. Like It would, it would get caught on your dry lip and just feel horrible. And that spoon is not like gliding smoothly through that bowl of cereal because there's no milk, there's no liquid. It's, 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 you're chafing. That's chafing. The whole bowl of cereal is just being chafed. (laughs) (laughs) It's a chafing nightmare. It's like wearing jeans with no underwear and your dick just rubbing on the inside of the zipper of your jean pants. And I mean, the weight of the spoon would just be so off with every scoop. It'd just be this light spoon with just flakes. I'm pissed off now. Thanks was, a lot. Dude, it was so like <laughs> I I was just so caught up in the Marissa, Caitlin, all this drama and stuff. And it it really took me out of it when I, when I was watching Ryan eat cereal. It was like it was breaking down the fourth wall. And I was like looking around, like wondering where I was and what I was watching. I was just so confused. <laughs> but um anyways, Z- zig back in. Let's zig back in. Chili, dude with some great advice, great teen logic. He tells Johnny like, dude, Johnny, you can't just get, you got to go down swinging. I love when this always happens in the teen drama shows of like, clearly the girl is not into the guy. Like it's clear, dude, like Johnny, 
if Marissa was into you, she wouldn't be fucking other guys and her boyfriend. <laughs> like she wouldn't be fucking her boyfriend and dating him. She would be want getting with you. So the fact that she's not is a pretty clear sign that she's just not that into you. Uh, there is a big difference between going down swinging like this advice and the coffee cart situation that Seth does the, yeah. the, the grand romantic gesture. And it's really dangerous to start mixing the two up. It's a great point. Bad friend advice to push Horrible. your friend <laughs> into the going down swinging because Chili's got no stake in the game. He's got no skin in the game. Yeah, he just like has this weird masochistic side of him. I guess that wants to see Johnny just get to completely embarrass himself. I guess that that's where Johnny's personal pride needs to kick in. You know, it needs to be like, all right, Chili is telling me like, dude, just go down swinging. Because to your point, he's got no, he's got nothing to lose. He doesn't give a shit if Johnny blows up in flames. But like, that's where Johnny's pride need to, needs to kick in, and he needs to look at the situation and say, all right. I could do that, but if that backfires, like that is a bad fucking look. Yeah. And she's dating another guy. It's a, it's a bad look all around. I mean, and to go down swing, like if Johnny does nothing here, he's just taking a walk and he's going to first base. Getting Marissa to, to <laughs> use this metaphor a little bit more, getting Marissa is obviously his home run goal doing what he does is a gigantic strikeout and everybody's embarrassed and feels terrible. Right. So wait, he out. just walks away <laughs> and just is like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Marissa are friends. It's cool. Yeah. Whatever. He's walking to first. He might steal a base and get to second at some point, you know, terrible advice. I'm with you. That's a terrible advice. Out. I think about it like in sales where, you know, it's like, Hey, just make the call, dude, make the cold call and try and make the sale. Worst he can say is no. Cause Chili said that he's like, worst, worst she can say is no. And it's like, no dude, all she can say is no. There is no other scenario. <laughs> if she was into Johnny, she wouldn't be fucking Ryan. Like the the okay, so this is where I mean Johnny's a complete loose cannon at this point. And maybe Chili pushed him into this with to go down <laughs> swinging. So like he goes down swinging, goes down hard. Oh. He's on the ground after the swing or back in the dugout or whatever, shakes himself off, and then he goes and does this weird move. Where he goes over to Ryan's house. And no, hold on, hold on. Like, first, play okay, the swing. Well, first, let's play the clip of him play the swing. swinging and going yeah. down so the kids can get a taste of how pathetic this is. Hey, thanks for meeting me. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you too. Things have been really weird between us. I know. Um, that's just why I wanted to get everything out in the open. Johnny, I don't know if now's the time to parry. I love you. And I think you love me too. Johnny. Look, okay, look what's happened between us. I mean, I, I got hurt and you took care of me, even when I begged you not to. I know. That's that's true. I but... told you to stay away from me, and you showed up at my house. I'm not imagining this, okay? There's something real between us. That's why neither of us can walk away. He says, I love you, with a backdrop of James Blunt playing in the background. <laughs> I was loving the Blunt. I mean, a thing you should know about this podcaster, yeah. big James Blunt fan. It, 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 grand, the grand gestures, they don't work. Even if James Blunt is playing in the background, as much as we love seeing it, it's that's a strike, a big time swing and a miss. So, okay, now he struck. He struck out aggressively. Marissa obviously was disgusted. Like, 
no doubt. Put yourself in her shoes. This guy's so pathetic. You you feel like like, hey, guy, my actions can speak pretty loud here. And if I'm like dating another guy and having sex with him regularly, read that. But I'm not in love with you. So, and this isn't this isn't his first try. He's taken many a pass at this point. Right. And and this is where I was saying in the beginning, I actually don't disagree with Johnny getting these thoughts in his head because in that clip, he's listing out all the signs that she's given him. And I'm sitting there as a viewer going, he kind of has a point, Marissa. Fuck, you did do that and that and that and that. And if I were Johnny, I kind of <laughs> think you love me too. <laughs> yeah, but we're beating that. up on Johnny by the way it shook out. But from his point of view, if we're going POV on Johnny right now, I might have taken one more swing. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. We're, what's, the worst that, what's the worst that can happen? It's true. We have the gift of hindsight being 2020 on this one. And God, is it crystal clear in hindsight? Yeah, we that see the forest. <laughs> he got lost in the forest just being one of the trees. So anyways, yeah. Now get to your point about Johnny with a weird move shows up to, to Ryan's place. Oh, yeah. So Johnny basically humiliates himself, goes down swinging, confesses his love to Marissa, gets denied hard. His very next move is to go, I guess he just shows up at Ryan's unannounced and then admits to Ryan and just said that he told Marissa he loved her. And he feels like he should confess to Ryan for some reason. It reminded me a lot of, you know, the my truth people who are like, hey, man, that's my truth. And you, you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, it didn't, it's wrong. And you're, you're just missing facts. So I under, understood that that's your truth, but it's not the truth, you idiot. No, I it's, felt it, like but that. it's my truth. So I have to tell you, it is my truth. Yeah. That's how I felt with him where he's like, hey, man, sorry that this stings, but like my truth, I'm in love with your girl. That's my truth. I'm in love like, with your girl. That, that's what's up. I so. just like, what does he want Ryan's response to be? I don't particular- know. If I'm Ryan, I'm sitting there doing my homework and someone comes in and they're like, hey, dude, just let you know, like, I'm in love with your girlfriend. I think I would do exactly what Ryan did, where he's just like, leave now. He's like, leave. We're good. Yeah, it was almost in my mind. It was another swing. Like he swung, got back up. And maybe in his mind, Ryan was going to be like, "Hmm, man, takes a. A lot of balls to come in here and admit that, you know what? No. I'm actually going to break up with Marissa and you deserve her. <laughs> I no. think that's how he thought it was going to go. It would not go like that. I think honestly, you know, I would just be sitting there like, dude, I, I'm not competing with you. There's no competition. I've won. Like I'm dating her. I have sex with her. I, you being in love with her is a zero burger. It's a non-factor. So just like leave. I'm not competing with you. If she takes you over me. I have nothing to do with that. That's her journey. I mean, I've already, I, I, I would just be more confused. Like I, like, I didn't know there was a competition for my girlfriend that I've already won. Leave. Leave now. <laughs> so he says that that's then where, where we get the Caitlin advice of she's telling Marissa, Marissa, look, you just need to choose. Then Marissa does finally make a choice in this episode. She chooses Ryan. How does she decide to let Johnny know that she's chosen Ryan? I literally can't remember. I'm sorry. The fucking note. So she writes him a note. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I, I remember the note and I remember I'm throwing it into the fire. Yeah. But I couldn't read it. So 
bad form. Probably a safe play by her because, like, if he she wanted to go tell him, he'd try and make another move on her. And yeah, are we saying if this is 2020, that's essentially like they're saying she just texted him? Yeah. Bad news. I don't know. I get it. I had mixed feelings because, like, on the one hand, I was going, "Well, it's not your boyfriend. You don't know him jack shit." But the, on the other hand, I'm going. Yeah, but you did lead him on aggressively. So to not even like give him the respect of like having that, like telling him in person, I just, I flip-flopped. I went, I went back and forth. Like you shouldn't get to the point with an, with another person. You shouldn't get to the letter point. Like at that oh, point, you've gone too far. <laughs> you're, you're having to write a letter to someone to let them know that you don't love them. Can you like, imagine if you're you. Ryan? At, at a certain point, that's on you. Can you imagine if you're Ryan and like you saw that letter of your girlfriend writing it to another guy? Like, how bad would your stomach hurt? Ten. Like, if you saw an, an intern Whitney's bag that she just had like a letter that she had addressed to your podcast partner, me, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, hey, BD, like, you know, I get it. You're in love with me and all this stuff. Like, we had some great times, shared some great moments. But like, at the end of the day, I am married to Pat. <laughs> like, so it, I am legally bound <laughs> to Pat's. So like, yeah. Otherwise, even, it, it might have worked out, but you know, it's the law. I, I physically couldn't even leave if I wanted to because, yeah, because I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, Marissa should just have like a stock typed out letter. Yeah. That she just signs at the bottom mm-hmm. and gives out to people. It saves her a lot of time. Sincerely, Marissa Cooper. And then she leaves a little gap in there. She writes her signature at the bottom. And yeah, she just prints out like 500 copies. She yeah. can give them to anyone. Yep. Yeah. Um, so again, we're just sticking. This whole episode is just Marissa. It's just this drama. We're sticking with it. We're focused. She, let's go to this final scene. What? Let's set the stage for this final big scene of this love square all right on johnny's side he is low he's at a low point you could say that he decides his solution to being so low is he is going to get together with caitlin and do tequila and bonfire at the beach i mean to be honest that actually sounds awesome it sounds pretty cool when you're depressed if you have that option of just getting super fucked up on the beach yeah and yeah okay so like good plan so far i'm there so so far good plan marissa and ryan have like gotten back together they're trying to like move past it so they're gonna like start to try and have some sex (laughs) yeah it was like one of those one rare scenes that happens every four episodes where you're like oh yeah they are a couple they're like making out and having fun together okay oh yeah Brian gets cock blocked about as hard as anyone can get cock blocked. I mean, he's thinking he's about to finally like have sex with his girlfriend again after she's like been in love with some other guy, writing him notes and shit. And uh, they're hooking up. She gets a call on her flip phone. It's fucking Caitlin clip. Caitlin, let me call you back. Marissa, can you come and get me? I'm at Westwood Cove with Johnny. No, I'm busy. I'm getting busy. No, but you don't understand. I'm scared. He's drunk and he's acting like a crazy person. Come up here. You gotta see this view. Johnny, just calm down. What's that? Chris, it's him. I'm telling you. Johnny's in trouble and I don't know what to do. Um, hold on. She sounds really upset. Who's Johnny? Yeah, he's in trouble. 
Caitlin? Ryan, you have to help me. He's drunk and he's gonna get hurt. He's really in trouble. Yes, come now. Be right there. Something's going down. <laughs> Apparently, Johnny can't handle his life. Ryan does a couple loud, like, how bad is he? Is there blood? There yeah. Blood? Like, if there's blood, I'll come. Yeah. Ryan, how so in trouble. <laughs> this is brutal. Yeah, Ryan eventually, after he does all that back and forth in his head, he eventually just says, fuck the boner. I got to go into full hero mode. That's what I do. (laughs) So fuck the boner. I'm going. (laughs) They go to the beach, dude. Johnny is obliterated. And they start pumping in the fucking James Blunt again. God, that the, the, the James Blunt just hits different, you know? It does. It really does. Like, when I was first hearing it, I was like, oh my God, did they get like a James Blunt? Because, you know, they do so many cover bands and stuff. So I was like, uh-huh. did they get like a James Blunt cover band or just a guy who has like this awesome falsetto like James Blunt to do it? And then I looked it up and it's actually James Blunt. It's a big score. The one thing I do want to interject. A little bit of a weird thing. I just I hate pointing out too many of these things, but Ryan and Marissa are in the pool house making out. They get the call. They get the call when Johnny is like three fourths up the way climbing this bluff. Yep. He gets to the top, assuming like how close do they live to this beach? Like because it takes twenty minutes to get anywhere. Like you got to get your keys, get in the car. Is he climbing this thing for forty five minutes? Well, by the time they get there, isn't he just like at the top already spouting off? He's at the top. He's at the top yelling. So <laughs> maybe he climbs the bluff and then just spends the next 20 minutes while they're driving. They're just screaming drunkenly at the top of his lungs. Yeah, I. it's so tough. I mean, it was a t- it was, I mean, it was a, a time portal moment. I, I remember like where I was when I was watching it. And, you know, as much as we're joking around about it, dude, when these scenes hit, they hit and they're tough and they're tough to watch. When the, when the blunt is playing and there's, there's, there's like these seminal moments in the OC that you always remember. And honestly, Johnny dying is one of them. So let's just okay. play that clip. Let's play the clip. Blunt again, dude, Blunt's playing in the background. Cue up. Johnny's gone to the top of this cliff. He's blacked the fuck out. He's yelling down to Caitlin Cooper. Marissa and Ryan show up. Ryan's trying to get him down. Clip. After all we've been through, I get to be your best friend. Go away. Leave me alone. Come on, just let me explain it to you. Look, just come down, Johnny. Dude, you are the last person I want to see right now. Okay, all right, let's get you down from there. We can talk about it later, okay? Right, right. Right, so you can save me one more time for Marissa. Hey, Marissa! Marissa! You wanna watch Ryan save me again? Just come down, Johnny, please! So she'll love you even more! Let's get back in the air. Okay, just be careful, alright? What, well, I might fall. You get to come in and grab me at the last second. Ryan Edwards saves it! Game over for Johnny, dude. Johnny Harper, see ya. It begs the question, um, and it's mean of me to do this, but I got to ask you, if Marissa and Ryan don't show up, 
is Johnny still alive today? There's a whole lot of what ifs. I actually have a what if tied into my MCITW right now as well. Interesting. Why don't you just roll right in? My what if is if Chili doesn't give him the worst fucking just swing for it advice of all time, does Johnny die? I think it begs many more questions. There's a Johnny butterfly effect happening, and I need to know when those wings flap. Right. You know, so what lot. sets off this entire chain of events that leads with his inevitable demise? Do we go all the way back to Marissa shooting a guy and having to go to public school? That's where we could start it. Yeah. <laughs> if Marissa didn't shoot Trey, is Johnny still alive? There's so many things. But for this podcast, we are saying that one of the biggest ones is on Chili's shoulders. Chili is the sole reason that Johnny died. <laughs> so, yep. MCITW, that is the Merce Cooper, is the worst of the week. It's not going to her this week. It's going to someone else, but it is brought to you by Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. 10% off your order, kids. It's $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $30 on the t-shirts, and $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. It goes to Chili again. He's got it already on this podcast. He's going to get it again. I really think, in terms of butterfly effect, I think he was... He might not have been the only butterfly wing to flap, but he was like, he's a big time catalyst for Johnny dying. And then I think Marissa showing up at that cliff would like really put it over the edge. <laughs> Cause if you're, if you're Johnny and you're super depressed and you have just drank like an entire fifth of tequila and you're fucked up and you're a teen and you didn't get the girl and all this stuff. Isn't the last person you want to see in that moment the girl? The girl and the guy. And the, girl the guy. Chose. And the guy. Johnny to help didn't you even like, say that. He was like, dude, Ryan, you're the last fucking person I want to see right now. Yeah. He's like, oh, Ryan's going to come here and save me. And then Marissa's going to love him even more. That's what you're going to do. It's like, yeah. Yeah, kind of. God. And then Ryan just like. It was in his hands, dude. Can you imagine like how much PTSD would you have for like the whole rest of your life if you like a guy who you like were an inch away from grabbing his hand fell off a cliff and died? Yeah, that's pretty dark. Um, Ryan should probably see someone about that for being honest, which is pretty wild because like Ryan bounced back like real quick. Well, we could talk about that when we get into the next episode, but a lot of like (laughs) Seth joking about like, well, now you don't have to deal with that anymore. It's kind of nice. And then Marissa (laughs) doing a whole lot of like, you wanted it to happen. You're happy with this result. And it's just like, yeah, come on, man. I saw a guy die. Yeah. We'll get into that in this next episode, but on to wrap up this one, we'll just say chili be free and explore brought to you by Wicklowware. Get fucked. You were the second to last butterfly flapping wing and you killed Johnny. Let's transition into episode 15 with a little Johnny funeral music, which I know you're a big fan of this band. Yeah. Still I must obey, still I must invite. 
Sufjan Stevens, this song Steve. absolutely crushes, especially in this scene. Um, all of his songs have like really long names, so I didn't bother looking this one up. But it's in probably my top three Sufjan Stevens songs. Yeah, he basically suck, writes songs for quad montages. Oh yeah, like no matter no matter what kind of your mood you're in, you can kind of connect with it. So it works at a funeral, works if you're in love, works if you're out of love, works if you're unrequited love, works if you're getting fired up for sports, probably. I don't know. It's just, it's versatile. They do have really long tight, like the title of that one was For the Windows in Paradise, For the Fatherless in Ypsilanti. <laughs> yeah. How long? Like I've, listened to that so- <laughs> I've listened to that song no less than 300 times in my life. Could never have told you the title. Yeah you know what it is i mean his voice is beautiful obviously but it's that it's that banjo played like a guitar and a lot of the songs are like plucks through it really slowly it's it's so like i think it's what we've talked about in this pod before where it can and you just said it too but it can hit on so many emotions so you can play it at a funeral and then you can also play it at like so many other cool moments it just sounds fucking important like i have no idea what he's singing about but god damn it does it sound like it's important yeah dude biggest thing at that funeral is we got a reintroduction into a volchak oh yeah classic volchak moment class move by him by the way showing up to the funeral this is where it really starts to shift slightly on volchak where I kind of like empathized with him because they really start for like, and I, I can't remember if this goes all the way through season three or if it's just like a little episode stretch here where they actually make you empathize with Volchek a little bit and kind of make you like take the stance of, Hey, this guy's from the wrong side of the tracks and he'd ha- he's had a horrible upbringing, but I kind of like feel bad for him, you know? Yeah. yeah he can't be all evil. He's got to be a little layered. They start to layer them up. Yeah, they start yeah, to layer. They draw them up. you. They draw you in a little bit, kind of like um, make them a little bit more three D. Yeah, it's obviously it's always a badass move when someone's arch nemesis comes to the funeral to pay respects. You know. Yeah, you know it's kind of like in sports, like, and I think this was Volchek's stance. It was like, I want to beat the best of the best. I if if I'm the Celtics. I want to go up in the finals against LeBron James and beat the fuck out of LeBron James in the finals. And that's how I want to win a championship. I don't want to get there. And then LeBron like pulls his hamstring and, and or tears his ACL, something more drastic. And he can't play in the finals. And we just win kind of like a bullshit, you know, like it's, it's just like a flaccid dick win. Yeah. And it's an asterisk win. Yeah. I don't want that. And I think Volchek, when they were layering him up, you were kind of seeing that when he was smoking that cigarette at the funeral, like overhanded smoking that cigarette completely overhanded. Like, yeah, (laughs) like I had beef with this guy, but like, not like this. I didn't want it to go down like, like, I don't want to see this happen. 
yeah, I wanted to, you know, steal his girl, fuck his girl, and like steal his spot on the Pac West tour and like yeah, beat like, Ryan's ass for, you know, his friend Ryan's yeah, ass. Like, I wanted to make his life miserable. Like, I don't want his life to end. Yeah. You know? So we get that introduction. They plant the seed a little bit on bringing Volchek back. This isn't a full Volchek episode. Uh, it's a Valentine's episode, and it's also another introduction episode of One Asadi. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't feel like rewinding this, but I missed the moment where we find out how Sadie is related to Johnny. Is she a cousin or a sister? Cousin. Cousin. Yeah. I think her mom is sisters with Johnny's mom. Okay. But it's a little loose <laughs> because it's it's <laughs> hilarious. Like she comes back out of nowhere and Johnny's mom just leaves the house and then Sadie just stays all 17 and a half years of herself just stays in this house by herself, no parental supervision. And her, the whole guys is like, she's got to fix the house up and stuff. And she's pretty good with her hands and Ryan's going to help her. So she's going to fix the house up to like sell it by herself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this episode is a bit of a like a baton handing off character wise. Johnny's out at a certain point. Caitlin Cooper Caitlin's is out. Fading. Yeah. She's fading out of the picture in this episode, but we're infusing this new girl and we're infusing Volchek. So we kind of <clears throat> we go two for two swap. Yeah, and talk about addition by addition, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, the, I mean, the, the Sadie character, her and Ryan have like one conversation where they kind of like have a bit of a connection. And then, yeah, to your point, all of a sudden they're hanging out all the time. I have deeper thoughts on this later. So do you want to hold on it till we get into like the Valentine's day stuff? And then I have deeper thoughts into it. Yeah. We'll tease it a little bit. Let's tease it. Um, But I agree with you. There's something percolating. So I honestly noticed it when Ryan like went over for a second, there was like a quick little, and I didn't, it's not big, but there was a real quick when he was helping her with the boxes, getting in the boxes into the house. There was a real quick, quick, quick. You might want to go back and, and watch this look from her to him on like the third pass up the stairs. Ooh, of like, a, it, like a, is it on? Is it on right now? Is there was on? There was a okay. real quick. Yeah, 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 I'll go back. I'll do. My, I'll do my due diligence and check that out. I know both of us appreciate nothing more than a "is it on right now" look from one of the characters, and she definitely gave Ryan a little bit of a "is it on right now" look. Right, right. Was- so we're slowly. There's something simmering at this point. It feels a little unearned, but we'll get there. Yeah. Now, before we go full Valentine's, because this is a Valentine's episode, but before we get into that. Um, real quick, Zag, did you notice the Morena Bakarin yes, sighting? I did. She I don't plays know if you want the to daughter of uh, the head physician, right? Of the hospital. Yeah, this hospital that Sandy's trying to like hook it up with Matt Ramsey. She's the daughter of like some big wig at the hospital. And she famously is married to Ben Buttons McKenzie in real life. We've talked about her on previous episodes, correct? She is quite attractive. Yes. Yeah. You met her in person. Um, did. I did. And I, I've said on this pod, I'll say it again, uh, in person, 13 out of 10. <laughs> Just <laughs> completely flawless and amazing. And I was so starstruck by her. 
the combo of her and Ben Buttons was just almost too overwhelming for this podcaster. <laughs> um, so she's in it. It was just interesting. I, I was looking out for it and there was never a scene that her and Ryan were both in together. So I think the story goes that they never actually met when she guest starred in a few of these episodes. Okay. Ryan yeah, was, was the hang- big wig. <laughs> <laughs> she was hanging. She was, uh, her character is going out on dates with Matt Ramsey. I mean, we won't spend too much time about it. Real quick on Matt Ramsey. Cause yeah, sure. we're not going to spend much time on it. Were you catching some like weird vibes that he was like maybe trying to hook up with Marissa, but it was like real weird and subtle when he was doing her like paperwork? Uh, not only did I notice it, I made a note. Okay. Like, What's going on? Just- yeah. And, and by the way, I don't think that comes back at all. Like, Oh really? So, okay. I could have sworn. Think- I, Cause I was like, I clocked it and I was like, first of all, that was weird. Second of all, I wonder if this becomes a storyline and I couldn't remember. I can't remember either. I feel like there might be something where he's like watching out for her. Maybe he lets her like stay at his place or something. I, I can't remember, but I don't think it's like a hookup thing. I think he might be like looking out for her like a big brother would kind of thing. But yeah, in this one episode, it was a lot of like, what the fuck was that, Matt Ramsey? <laughs> yeah, she's like, high he's doing her. Guy. It, it was, it was all weird. It was just a weird little thing where I was like questioning Josh Schwartz's leadership a little bit. Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? What was that nugget in there? It wasn't even necessary. All right, Valentine's Day. By the way, another great holiday timing. I know. I complete again, complete fucking accident. I mean, dude. These things now are starting to happen more regularly. And I honestly thinking like, dude, maybe there's something in the water 2021. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe things are starting to turn around. All, and- this, all the serendipitous timing would point to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm starting to notice like a real snowball effect in good stuff happening. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe good things to come for this guy. But I love I love backing our way into Valentine's episode. This podcast is going to drop the same week as Valentine's Day. Amazing timing. Valentine's Day. Let's go first to Seth and Summer. Do you want to explain briefly what's going on with them? We didn't even touch on them at all in the last one. So Yeah, they're they're uh, a bit on the rocks right now not in like a serious way it's more just like a almost fun flirty way like they're they're they've been stable throughout this whole season seth and summer's relationship but they're going through this college stuff where they're both trying to get into brown and trying to figure out what their plan is for next year and it's causing a little bit of tension in the relationship mainly because seth is getting i don't want to say cold feet (laughs) but he's freaking out about the the college thing and so yeah. he has got himself caught up in a couple lies. The first one being that he skipped his Brown interview that summer crushed. So she is kind of thinking that, Oh, Hey, we're both going to get to go to Brown together. It's going to be awesome. And then um, as part of Seth's rebellion, he starts smoking tons of weed <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and lying about that to summer. And then he gets caught up in both of these lies. Yeah. 
it's a whole thing about he's lying. He's lying a yeah. lot. And she's starting to like be like, hey, how can I trust you? You're lying all the time about, you know, college, weed, all that stuff. Yeah. So Seth's getting a little flaky and that's yeah. out of character for him. He's usually a, a solid guy like his, his dad, the Sandman. Yeah. And, you know, I was getting so nervous because in my head, you know, we're talking about like, you know, these like seminal moments where we remember these like certain scenes in the OC as we're watching it back. And in my head, there's this cringeworthy scene that hurts my stomach more than anything. And it's, it didn't happen in this episode, but the whole time I was thinking it was coming, which was the whole, she like takes him to the coffee stand or whatever. And like tries to do the reverse grand gesture on him. And he rejects her as she's like doing that. And it's like one of the toughest scenes to watch. Do you remember that stuff? Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to watch. I don't mind a grand gesture fail for a dude and watching a guy blow up it's in a, flames. It's expected. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. But watching a girl do it and then it blow up, it's like, oh, f- God damn, dude. Oh, especially <laughs> Summer, who we like love so much. But anyway, just totally out of Seth's league. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that's, it, you know, for another time. But for another time you know seth saves himself into the end of this episode because it made me speaking of grand gestures it made me want to pivot a little bit our our stance this podcast stance on grand gestures is don't do them don't do them they don't work kids if you're ever thinking about doing don't a grand gesture <laughs> don't yeah like if you're johnny and you're getting bad advice from your teen friends just still don't do it now I was kind of flipping it a little bit, though, because at the end of this episode, Seth does a grand gesture with his girlfriend and it like really hits the mark. It was grand gesture, but it was a it was like a private moment between two people. So that's why I was thinking. Can grand gestures might be that might be a nice sweet compromise. Sweet spot. Can grand gestures work if you're like if if you're in a relationship like the situation's right and you're actually dating is that when grand gestures can work i think so like hey it's valentine's day my wife and i have you know not connected in a while we've both get been getting pretty caught up at work so this valentine's day i'm going to do something you know that really moves a needle are you going to draw anna from hr a card no, actually, in our situation specifically, I just found out today that she is getting me a gift for Valentine's Day, and I, of course, planned nothing. So Ooh, I now need to figure something out, unfortunately. <laughs> I fuck up Valentine's Day, literally. I know we talked about this. I fuck up Valentine's Day mm, 50% of the Valentine's Days that exist. <laughs> hey, it makes the ones that you don't mess up that much sweeter. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I, I, I liked a lot of the Seth and Summer moments with this. Like he gets caught up in all these lies, and at first she's furious with him about it, and then he does the right move, which is sure he's lying about his actions and his thoughts and stuff, but then he becomes honest with his feelings. Yeah, he let's play, right back in. I want to play a clip of him opening himself up, really letting the vulnerabilities, you know, seep out a little bit on exactly why he's struggling so much. Clip. I got scared. Scared? Yeah. Tongue-tied, dizzy, my bladder felt weak. I just want to know why you didn't tell me. Because I was embarrassed. 
You've got this natural confidence. You're small and you're cute. People like you. I'm a social outcast with a mumbling problem. You're just realizing this now? Well, if we go to college together, everybody's going to love you, and I'm going to be your nerdy boyfriend. And I'm going to be your not-so-bright girlfriend that can't keep up when everyone's talking about Yakuza films and Proust. It's Proust. See? Damn. That's just real. That's real talk, dude. That's real talk. It's good stuff. Yeah. So good on him. No, I I thought he totally redeemed himself. The card was nice. Like his grand gesture was great. But I think that's what really uh, won her back for him in that moment. Yeah. That's okay. Um, when uh, he's he's getting a little bit of counseling from Sandy on this whole situation, he's got himself caught up in. Yeah. I'll just insert this quick quote from our Sandman. Kids lie all the time, but a man is only as good as his word. Oh, God. That's. I mean. It feels true. Yeah, <laughs> it feels true. I look, Sandy. I mean, just, has, I, Sandy's just so goddamn steadfast. You know, you got. I know. Him. It's like love, love him or hate him. Like love some of the stuff he does, hate some of the stuff he does. Like I do. Yeah. But his wheelhouse is really delivering stuff like that. Like yeah. that's where like, he shines. Like, are you going to get pissed off at a compass for always pointing towards true north? No, absolutely not. No, no, that's exactly you're going to you use want. that compass to get out of danger. Find yeah. your way. Yeah. Sandy is the compass of the OC. He's the compass of this whole show. He's always pointing people in the right direction, unless you're trying to point people and how to nail a business deal. At that point, his <laughs> compass is pretty <laughs> fucked, <laughs> but, <laughs> but with, with love advice and, and fatherly advice, I, I do think he hits the mark all the time. He crushes. Um, all right, should we go to Ryan and Marissa now to wrap this up? Yeah, let's do it. So my theory, and I, when I was watching this back, it really started to click of, I think this is the episode where for the first time in three seasons of you know being an OC super fan, I think this was the first episode where I was really starting to feel Dude, Ryan and Marissa, it's just, it's not going to yeah. work. It's just not like love, great intentions. You both want it to work so bad, but like at the end of the day, it's a square peg in a round hole. You guys, it isn't going to work. You can only do three to four laps of the same thing and keep drifting apart even further after each one before. Yeah. You start to realize eh, not going to be the one. It gets to the I remember point. being pretty sad about that. Like when I yeah. first started processing these emotions. Cause it wasn't like a big thing, you know, like usually there's these big things like Oliver and Marissa's fucking around with Oliver. And then, you know, Ryan has this thing with Teresa. There's usually these big things that you're like, no, you guys can get through that. Like, fuck that. That's such an outside, outside influence coming into your relationship. It doesn't matter. But like, this was the first time where I'm like, inside that relationship something is broken and even when they both share this big traumatic event together like they both experience the johnny shit together he dies an inch away from ryan's hands marissa's at the bottom of the cliff like that happens to that ptsd happens to both of them and even with that same shared fucked up experience, 
they cannot get on the same page. Nah, nah, it drives them apart. Isn't that wild? Because usually when you have like a traumatic event, it like brings two people together, you know, shared traumatic events. I think it, the main reason is like Marissa was 50% in love with Johnny, 50% in, in love with Ryan. Maybe I want to say 49, 51. 51 Ryan, so she chose him. Now, how much <laughs> After of that 49 much was searching. just her loving attention, though? It could have been a lot of it, but she put it all on, um, and it painted into the picture of one Johnny. But yeah, I think it was just basically like, well, now I'm only 51% in love. I used to have a whole 100, but I kind of had the 49 coming from this other source. Now, now I'm just sad. <laughs> and yeah, it was messed so up true. that she was trying to... Uh, like immediately the next day, she pulled the, oh, you're glad that he's dead now. But so it's just like, well, first of all, that's fucked up. It was a mad jab. I thought that was a mad that jab. That was a mad jab. It was, was unfair. It was unfair. Because what's he going like, to say? No, I swear. Then all of a sudden he's defending himself. No, I swear to God, I'm not happy that he's dead. That's crazy. What? And then you look like a, a weirdo. That's what I was saying. It just, at the end of the day, it's like, you guys, and you know, I just, the thing that you just mentioned though, cause I want to double back to that. I think it's so true. You have this like emotional tank and you can only give so much. And so to your point, if 51% of it is, or 49% of it is being dedicated to this emotional connection you have with this other guy and that disappears yeah, now you just, it's not like your tank automatically refuels to now 100% goes to Ryan. No, now you only have 50, you only have half your tank filled. Yeah. So good insight by you, dude. I'm glad Thank we're you. breaking this down. Uh, great insight. Fuck, like she doesn't have anything. She's trying to make this relationship happen where she needs, like, I would say a ba- like a minimum of 75% checked in. <laughs> She's got 51 and it's just not, it's not working. I mean, I like who's that guy that's going to give her 95, a hundred. Is it like a, a Ryan type that also surfs and is extremely emotional? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, honestly, dude, or maybe this, like a not flaky Johnny. There's no dude with this current iteration of Marissa. There's no dude that can completely fill her tank. The only way that her tank is going to be filled by one human being is she has a lot of growing up to do later. in life. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lot of maturing that she needs to do before she can like accept like one guy is going to be enough to fill her tank up. That's it. Yeah, sad. It, it's sad. But so I thought the ending was the most telling because Ryan is like at this little party, whatever. I don't even know what it was, but he was there and Kirsten gives him this advice clip. Marissa and I have been fighting a lot, mainly about whether Johnny was just a friend. Or if it was more than that. She says it wasn't. I don't think she's lying to me. She might be lying to herself. Now that he's gone, I'm gonna help him move forward. Or if. Well, the night's not over. Maybe there's a little pit stop you can make on the way home. Yeah, actually, there is. Great little trick. 
of editing by the OC because we all thought that Ryan took that to mean I need to go see Marissa. Mm. And they just do this editing technique of they show Ryan show up to a door. The door opens from the inside and you see Ryan there standing on the front porch. You assume it's Marissa. They flip the camera around and it's actually Sadie. Nice. He showed up to after he got that Kirsten advice. That's what I was saying. It was telling he went and showed up to Sadie's, not Marissa's. And I don't know if you are familiar with one of the big time movies that made that editing technique famous. No, hit me with it. Silence of the Lambs. Interesting. Which scene? It's the scene at the end of the movie where Clarice is like going to someone's house or something and she like shows up i can't remember if it was like buffalo bill's house or someone else's house and they show a knock on the door and you think clarice is at so-and-so's house and then the door opens and it's either not that house or it's not clarice or whatever but it's just that whole trick of like with the door opening you've been led to believe she's going somewhere and then when the door opens she's not there the old switcheroo, what's behind yeah. door number two? Yeah. Anyways, Ryan just said, fuck it. <laughs> I got this relationship. <laughs> he's like, Ryan's just so tired. <laughs> I think he is. I think he's just so done. And he goes to Sadie's house and what's he doing? He's just helping her like move in like, or. I feel like they unpack like at least 800 boxes in this episode. Those two. Now, why do you think Ryan did that? What what's your opinion on why he like psychologic was it just like I just well, I don't need it anymore. I don't want it. I think it was the it was in his mind the clear choice. Marissa said, I don't wanna I just need to be alone. And then he was also spending time with this girl. So it's like, well, kill two birds with one stone. I'll obey Marissa, I won't bug her. And then I'll also go spend some time with this girl to try and balance things out because he might be like, oh, maybe I'm get, I'm just getting warped by this relationship I've been in for two or three years at this point. This girl seems super normal. Let's check this out for a little bit. Kind of get a second opinion, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got a vibe of I'm just done. I'm just I'm so done. Tired. I don't I don't I don't if he went to back. Marissa's it was just they're just gonna get another fight or something. I think he's yeah. like, I'm just gonna go hang out with this this other person. She just has better vibes. Sadie has better vibes, you know, like she just, maybe there's an evil part in his brain that wanted to give Marissa a taste of her own medicine. Yeah. But yeah, Sadie's vibes are good. I like it. We didn't even talk about Sadie. How do you feel about Sadie? Like I'm in on Sadie. Yeah. 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 I did. To be honest, I forgot about her. Like when she showed up uh, in this episode, I was like, yeah, who is this character? I forgot about the whole arc. Are we going to say smoke show? Yeah, I'll go there. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I feel like she okay. is very attractive to us. me. There was a last ending clip. It ends with a fire Volchek Chekhov's gun moment. You know, we were reintroduced oh, to yeah. Volchek at the funeral. Then he disappears again. And then at the end of this episode, he doesn't know Ryan is over at Sadie's house. Clearly, there's some baggage with Sadie and Volchek 
You know? Yeah, the, we become aware of it, but we don't really know what, what their history is. They have some kind of a history. Yeah, I think he was going there to be like, oh, she's back in town. We used to hook up. I'm going to go there and, you know, we're going to talk about Johnny a little bit, but then I'm going to like rehook up with her. And then <laughs> he sees fucking Ryan when he shows up at the Sadie's door and Ryan's in the background. And dude, if that stare down could talk. I think you should leave before I start screaming for the cops. We both know you're not going to do that. What the hell is he doing here? Everything okay? It is now. I mean, can we say, is it on right now? It's so on from a (laughs) fight perspective between these two dudes. Like they hate each other. And like, that was the last thing that Volchek wanted to see when he showed up to get some pussy. Yep. Oh yeah. Was Ryan already there? Oh my God. Ah. Ryan like oh my god he goes to the window and then he's looking out the window making sure Volchek like fucks off and then Volchek right before he gets (laughs) to his jeep like looks back and it's like oh my god fucking on yeah that was pretty awesome what are the odds weird coincidence yeah all right dude Volchek's back he's back I love that he's back. I, I love I love what Volchek brings to the show. I hate him, but I love what he brings to the show. They should do like a, a Volchek spinoff, like Cobra Kai, you know, just a show about what happened with Volchek. They did, dude. It's called Never Back Down. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, that that like kickboxing movie that Volchek is in? Uh, yes. Um, probably going to have to give that a watch. <laughs> that'd be an awesome movie to do a podcast on okay mvp of these episodes who do you got my mvp as always brought to you by the entire industry of japanese denim the softest most good-looking jeans a person could wear onto their legs i just actually two days ago bought another pair of japanese denim jeans to support really what how many are you up to at this point I might be breaking into the double digit range. Who knows? Double digits. I stopped counting a while ago, but now they do these, (laughs) they do these Japanese traveler like corduroys at banana Republic. Okay. That sounds like a game changer. They do khakis. They do. They're not just doing denim anymore. It's Japanese. Well, it's not, it's traveler. They're doing the traveler thing across the board. Anyways, who are you giving it to? Uh, I'm giving it to Ryan Um, for a couple of reasons. The fact that we just so we ended on this, but the fact that him and Volchek are going to be locking horns again yep. has me tingling. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just say that I'm tingling a little bit, getting excited. Um, I really liked him finally standing up to Marissa. Yeah, in these episodes, a lot of great moments with that. Like, I don't know if it's an ultimatum that he gave her, but he's just like, "This sucks." Like, I'm out. Basically. He put his foot down. Like, it wasn't even a fight. Yeah, it wasn't even a fight. It was just 
yeah, you don't respect me. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, he, he goes back into hero mode for like the millionth time, goes to try and save Johnny's life, even though Johnny's been nothing but trouble for him. Classic Ryan. <laughs> Classic Atwood. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, for the main reason, somehow he actually seems genuinely upset about Johnny dying and not like any normal human being would be like kind of stoked. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, that was going to be my, actually my first question to you at the <laughs> beginning of this podcast was like, how excited are you that Johnny's dead? <laughs> but it felt in poor taste. Um, yeah. I actually think Ryan was fucked up about it. And I think the thing that was making him more upset was the fact that like Marissa kept saying like, you don't give a fuck. You're actually glad he's dead. Aren't you? And, and, if you're like grieving and someone is saying that shit to you, it would just be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I feel like shit. That makes me feel way worse. <laughs> like, like God. If, if anybody that you know dies, it's the weirdest thing ever. It just puts you in a funk for days, if not weeks, much less yeah. if you saw it happen and you thought there was a chance that you might have been able to save his life. One of the things that grinds effed my gears up by, effed up by Marissa throwing that in his face. It totally effed up. One of the things that grinds my gears the most, to be completely honest, um, is when someone's dealing with grief, other people critiquing how they're dealing with it because, and I, I don't want to get too deep on like the final note of this pod, but everyone, you have deal, my permission. <laughs> everyone deals with fucked up shit and grief in their own ways. And it, I, it's like a rainbow spectrum across the board of how people deal with shit and how one pe- person deals with it is so different from how other people deal with it. So to like, I hate when people do that is they, you know, someone's, oh yeah, my grandma died. I, when my grandma died, I was not doing that. I didn't like not leave my house for two weeks, dude. You, like, all, you always see it in these murder shows where it's like, they're looking into the husband. Oh yeah. Suspect. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he didn't even seem upset about it. Like he was out giving interviews. <laughs> yeah. And most, I mean, 95% of the time it is him for sure. Yeah, it was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. I, same thing. Exact same thing where, yeah, they're like, oh, it's definitely got to be the husband. Did you see in that court case? It, he wasn't even crying. Like when they, when they read the charges, he wasn't even crying. Guilty. It's like, uh, I don't, I mean, fuck <laughs> if you were in this circus of a, if you actually didn't kill your wife and you're in this like trial and circ media circus and everything. I don't know if I'd be crying either. I'd probably just be like the fuck <laughs> anyways. Uh, anyways, by the way, can I real quick tag something onto the very end of this that we, yeah. we didn't touch. Um, we talked about Caitlin Cooper leaving. She's driving away with her ex-boyfriend or somebody that that guy that was kind of, uh, Accusing her of stealing or something at the beginning of the episode. Anyway, boarding school. Boarding they school met guy. ties. Boarding school. She's going back to boarding school with her boarding school guy. Um, a little bit of callback on that Sufon Stevens. So that's playing. And she's doing this like warm send off thing where she patches things up with the mom. Her and Marissa are on good terms. She's laughing with the boyfriend that she used to be enemies with. And I was just so confused. Why is she leaving on good terms? She came into the OC, was a complete tornado. And then peaced out on good terms. Did I think because they want to bring her back. I, I think because they were thinking like, if she ended on really bad terms, no one would want her back. I don't know. 
but like it's like they... she Johnny dies two days later. Her and Marissa are hugging. Like, yeah, sorry, I've been the worst. And it's like, hey, um, you're like half of the reason. Chili's the other half, obviously. That Johnny's dead right now. <laughs> you know what I think it could be is it could be Schwartz looking ahead. He might have known at this point. Spoiler alert, kids. If you've never watched the OC one, you probably I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast, but spoiler alert here. Big, big spoiler alert. I think they might have known already that Marissa was they were going to kill her off at the end of season three, and they kind of needed to leave the door open for someone to come back and fill the Marissa role. So it's Mm -hmm. in a way like Caitlin is leaving her role of coming in like a drama tornado fucking shit up and she's preparing herself to come in in season four as marissa now essentially i see she's matured one level up so now she's at marissa level still some work to do but a little bit better than where she came in yeah dude and the way that these people mature in age specifically caitlin cooper by the time she comes back next year she may be like 28 (laughs) i don't know (laughs) <laughs> in, the, in the way that she aged seven years over the course of 18 months uh, 28 i mean that's generous she's she, there's a chance she rolls in in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah i i wouldn't be shocked i would not be shocked but anyways yeah i love ryan as the mvp i think ryan did have an mvp episode i think could get it specifically just for not like exploding and I love the foot down, dude. I'm a fan of, you know what? I'm tired of getting like shit kicked into my fucking face, sand kicked into my face. So fuck it. All right, dude. Good stuff out of you. Tell those kids, kids, sleepy time. You know what time it is. Time to talk on in. You have a really good night. Sleep, kids. We'll be back with more OC. Pat, tell those kids, though, what do they need to do? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.